According to multiple sources, the Miami Heat are expected to have interest in a trade for two-time All-Star Chicago Zach Levine. But is that the right choice for the Heat? We analyze the pros and cons of a potential deal. Plus, Miami's won six in a row, and we've got some stats to show the secret of their success. A great episode you won't want to miss on today's Locked on Heat. You are Locked on Heat, your daily Miami Heat podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. All right. Welcome to Locked On Heat, your daily podcast on the Miami Heat. I'm Wes Goldberg. Joining me as always is David Ramil. However, you're tuning in on YouTube, Odyssey, your favorite podcast app. Thanks so much for making Locked On Heat your first listen every day. We're talking about Zach Levine today, the athletic reporting this week that the Bulls are increasingly open to trading Levine and that Levine is increasingly open to getting traded. We'll talk about some specific packages later on, but as we know, anytime a big name is on the market, the Heat will be mentioned as a destination. David, what are your thoughts on Zach Levine as a potential target for the Heat? I think it's a terrible choice. I don't think he fits at all. I think there's a lot of different reasons for that, and you could look at the salaries and right away that is something that would crucify Miami over the next few years and lock them into a bad deal that they'll never be able to unload. And it's not for a noticeable improvement of talent over what Tyler hero and whomever else you might have to trade in order to acquire Levine. I know there's the possibility of not having to trade Tyler in order to acquire Levine, but I think that would be an even worse fit overall. And as far as talent is concerned, Honestly, I'm not a believer in Levine. Maybe a couple of years ago, you could have made that argument as a high-volume scorer. But as time has gone on, I think it's sapped what athleticism he has. He's only 28. And yet, he's just never been the kind of player that a lot of people perceive him to be. The drives to the basket just don't exist if they ever really did. Like the, the incredible dunks, the slam dunk competition and everything else like that. I think those really stood out when he was much younger but now he's mostly just a finesse guy. He's a mid-range shot taker. He's an occasional three-point shooter. And those shots don't fall with enough regularity to want to pay him $47 million over the next couple of seasons. I don't see it as a good deal at all. I find myself hard-pressed to think what team might possibly want him. He's only made the playoffs once in his career. I won't go so far as to say that he's fully responsible there. But he does strike me as a looter in a riot when it comes to his production offensively. Defensively, he might be worse than Tyler, and he doesn't really share the ball all that much. I can't think of a worse fit for Miami than Zach Levine. Well, I appreciate the strong take right off the bat. I, I kind of like Zach Levine as a, <laughs> a player a little bit more than you, but I, I'm with you. In terms okay. Of bit. okay, I thought you were going to go complete 180 and be like, you know what, I think he'd be great in Miami. No, no, I like look in terms of the fit. I'm with you. It doesn't make sense. The Heat have a better wing in Jimmy Butler. They have a cheaper one in Tyler Hero. I'm not really sure where Zach Levine would fit in in that group. And 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 you're right on about the salary. The salary is a major problem. He's making forty million dollars this year. He's going to be making upwards of that amount for the next three years. He's owed 138 million dollars over the next three years. I think Levine. If you were look, I. I if you were to put him and Jimmy Butler and Bam Adebayo together, that's a formidable trio that maybe could make it work. But you're so far down the line on this thing. Um, you're, you're already having some some problems working Tyler Hero into this mix. And he's been here. You know what I mean? But as you're trying to develop Tyler Hero, they've, they've ran into some issues in terms of their on-court chemistry. Um, 
I, I think that would ju- you would just double that with Zach Levine. I mean, Tyler Hero and Zach Levine, like they're basically the same player. Like Zach Levine is the closest comp to Tyler Hero in the NBA. You would probably like for them to to shoot a few more catch and shoot threes. They pull up probably more than you'd like. Defensively, there's obviously concerns there. They're developing playmakers, I think, but they're not natural ones. And defensively, there's issues there too. So um, I don't know that Levine makes a ton of sense for Miami. The salary is a big deal. If you're trading for Zach Levine, you're basically going all in on that. And I just don't know that that's the kind of guy that you want to go all in on. I think that there's really good fits elsewhere in the league. That's, I guess, the rest of the league's problem, and and it's for them to figure out. But in terms of where the Miami Heat stand, I don't know that I would go there. Although I will say this, we're going to get to some potential trade packages, and there are there are ways to make this a conversation. But if you're including a young asset like Tyler Hero, who is a more valuable asset right now, to me it's a non-starter. The converse, and I don't have to think too much about it. I'm I'm basically with you in terms of the fit in Miami. I kind of don't have to think about this this much, right? Yeah. I, I kind of think the Zach Levine thing doesn't make a whole lot of sense. I would I would move on pretty easily especially if it's going to cost you your best young asset and hero and draft picks and things like that, which I imagine it would cost. Yeah. I, I just, he doesn't strike me as a complimentary player to what Miami has. And that's a problem. Like he, like we're talking about Tyler and his fit. And you made, made that point just now, you know, that it, we're, we're, the heat are still trying to figure out how to maximize Tyler and incorporate him into the best version of himself and still be within the flow of the offense where everything is moving and everything is as efficient as possible. And while we saw flashes of that from Tyler and we know that there's room for improvement throughout the rest of his career, I don't see that Levine is going to take a leap here. And I I hate to sound like a hater, but I just, I also think that the problem is that he was drafted by a really bad Minnesota team. And that team was, a group of of guys that didn't have any direction. There was no purpose on that team. And then he was traded to Chicago for Jimmy Butler, and that team had no purpose. He's he's been on really bad teams, and he's just never learned how to harness he was asked to his be skills in a winning way. Yeah, no, it's fair. But he was asked to be the leading guy in Minnesota, and then he was asked to basically replace Jimmy Butler in Chicago. I think there's something to be said about hey, if you get him in a situation where he is clearly not the guy, they're not the savior, and he can be more of a complimentary player. Maybe he would just fall back mm-hmm. into a complimentary complimentary role. And and maybe that will happen. I just think it's a really big risk when you're paying him that kind of money. And by the way, if you're letting if you want him as a complimentary player, 40 million dollars doesn't exactly scream complimentary player. And that's right. the other part of this too. If you added him to this roster with Jimmy Butler making 45 million dollars a year, Bam Adebayo making something close to that. And if let's say even Tyler Hero is still on the roster at 25 million a year, you're talking yeah. about like an LA Clippers Golden State Warriors type of payroll. And Mickey Harrison has spent money, but he does not spend money like Joe Lakeup, and he does not spend money like Steve Ballmer. Nobody does. And so I just don't see it as even feasible, even if you're able to unload a Duncan Robinson long-term salary. Obviously, Kyle Lowry is expiring. Like Those are the next biggest salaries on the on the paper there. Even that would basic, wouldn't even come close to sort of the long-term salary commitment that you would be bringing on there. Miami fans just need to kind of pump the brakes a little bit because it, it seems again that they have lost the forest for the trees, as the expression goes. Like the acquisition of talent makes sense, but it has to be talent that fits right. You can't just throw talented players 
and have them figure it out on the fly, especially not with Jimmy Butler and Bam and their respective strengths and weaknesses. Like Levine is a scorer, but he's not. I don't. I don't know that it would work. Like I mean, I, I know the idea between behind him and Dame Lillard is kind of similar, right? Like they need a guy who can take on the the brunt of the scoring in late game situations. They need guys to put pressure on the rim as scores and things of that sort. But I don't know that, again, as much as Levine might be able to evolve into a more complimentary role at $47 million, like that doesn't seem like the right fit. Like to me, you look at what this team has been able to accomplish over the six game win streak. And and over the last couple of seasons, they were missing key role players that might have stepped up in these situations, not necessarily just a guy who could put up 30 on any given night. And I don't even know that Levine is that player anymore. Like he might have some opportunities. He might have an occasional night here and there where he's got it going, but that's just not the guy who you can go to regularly. And, and again, the salary. You, you, and is, you got and you got to the main point there. If it costs you Tyler Hero, it's not worth it. Tyler Hero is cheaper and probably will be better than Zach Levine within the next year, two years max. I mean, he, he and he's younger, right? He's 23. Zach Levine is 28. So if it costs you Tyler Hero, to me, it's a non-starter. If you add Levine to a team with Tyler Hero, now that's going against the development that you're trying to get with Tyler Hero, and you're kind of putting him in the way of Tyler's development. And now, and that's $65 million this year tied up into two very redundant players. So I, I just don't think it makes any sense from Miami's perspective. But is there another guard that the Heat should be targeting in a trade that's a bit more realistic and a better fit? We talk about that next here on Locked On Heat. Today's episode is brought to you by eBay Motors. Our partners at eBay Motors have teamed up with Locked On Fantasy Basketball host Josh Lloyd to bring you some of the best fantasy picks each week all season long. And whether you're prepping for a daily draft or scouting the waiver wire, every week we're going to provide you players that are guaranteed to fit on your roster. So let's see who Josh has picked out for us on this week's eBay's Guaranteed Fit Fantasy Picks of the Week. You pick one player from Josh's lineup and basically – He's got a great team. He's got Bilal uh, Kolebali. I'm probably mispronouncing that. Skylar Mays, Jacob Gilliard, Keontae George, and our very own Kyle Lowry. Lowry had a, a slow, low usage to begin the season, but without Tyler, he's got to step up. That's according to Josh. I, you know, we've seen t- uh, Kyle step up in these situations. He's had some nice moments here and there. I'm sure he probably would contribute a lot to you you know, somebody's uh, fantasy lineup there. But he also got into early foul trouble just recently. What do you think of Josh's pick of Kyle as a potential fantasy pick? At this point in the season, it's so hard to find waiver wire pickups, especially if you're a team that, for instance, might have had CJ McCollum on their roster before the collapsed lung incident. I am one of those people. I'm kind of (laughs) looking for guard help at this point. Kyle Lowry for a couple of weeks while you're sort of waiting out these injuries. Maybe you have Tyler Hero in your lineup. Right. And he's out. I mean, Kyle Lowry makes a lot of sense um, in terms of that. Uh, There's not a whole lot of great options. I kind of like the Kante George option, too. Honestly, I mean, this guy has been in Utah, put him into the starting lineup over the last three games. He's averaging nine assists per game as a starter for the Jazz uh, in that ball movement system. I like both Mm -hmm. of those pickups. Yeah. Well, uh, Josh Lloyd from Lockdown Fantasy Basketball is going to help you with your fantasy championship and eBay Motors knows a championship team is about each player being a perfect fit 
same with your vehicle. And I know that when you're looking to get parts for your car, it could be a little tricky. You go to an auto parts shop and maybe they don't have the right parts for you, or maybe you don't even want to deal with the hassle of having to go into a place like that. With eBay Motors, it's so easy to find the parts you might be looking for. I did it when my wife had something I needed to replace in her car. I am not the handiest person, but if I could save a couple hundred bucks, I will. I don't think anybody is beyond that sort of uh, expenditure there or saving that expenditure. And eBay Motors makes things so easy. You find all the parts that you're looking for for your car, and it just takes a couple of minutes. You just enter what car you have or what car you might be looking for parts for, and you'll find a full, you know, different subheadings, whether it's parts for your engine or parts for your interiors or accessories, whatever you might be looking for. You'll find something very easily over at eBay Motors with over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you can make sure your ride stays running smoothly. Brake kits, LED headlights, roof racks, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay's guaranteed fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, you're burning rubber, not cash. So keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. eBay guaranteed fit, only available to U.S. customers, eligible items only, and exclusions do apply. Thanks for making Lockdown Heat your first listen every day. Every day, make sure you tune in after Thursday night's game against the Brooklyn Nets for our post-game reactions. Make sure you're subscribed on YouTube on your favorite podcast app. Let's talk about some fake trade packages Hmm. uh, that we put together for Zach Levine, although you and I are basically on the same side of this. There's one, though, that I'm pretty excited to share. Before we get into the deals, sorry, like, is is there a positive lining that I'm just not seeing? I know you're a little higher on Levine than I am, but aside from the money and everything else, do you think his fit could even be... What many people want is a knockdown three point shooter. The guy's lights out 38% from three for his career. There is a world in which, if you believe Eric Spolstra can get this out of him, you don't trade Tyler. You trade Lowry, and and we'll get to some trade packages here. But if you make one of these trades and you're able to start Tyler Hero and Zach Levine, that's kind that's like a, a, a Splash Brothers light kind of backcourt between what those guys are able to do from range and, you know. When you're talking about what you need around Jimmy Butler and Bam Adebayo, you need spacing, right? You need more shooting. And this team desperately needs more shooting. So in terms of just like a, hey, square peg in square hole, the Heat need shooting. Zach Levine is among the best three-point shooters in the league. Struggling now. Only only 31%, basically. Yeah, I'm okay with that. I think think he'll bounce back. I'm not that concerned about the, 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 the small sample size here, but... That would be, I guess, the only version of this that works. But it, it, again, it, it's the—it's not just the percentages I'm worried about. It's the—it's yeah. the—it's uh, the pull-up shooting. It's the—the the fact that both both guys, Tyler and Zach Levine, probably don't take as many catch and shoot attempts as you'd probably like. Uh, what do they do if they're playing off the ball? That—that that to me is the biggest concern. But if the Heat believe that they can get more catch and shoot, more off-ball movement stuff out of both of those guys. Then I guess that would be the, the the version of this that would at least theoretically work. Um, let's just do some of the trade packages quickly here. Yep, I have a couple here. They're basically the same. Number one, Miami gets Zach Levine. Chicago gets Kyle Lowry, Caleb Martin, Nikola Jovic, and a 2028 first round pick. So you're getting Lowry's expiring. The Bulls, in all this reporting, kind of a quiet report here want to keep DeMar DeRozan around long-term DeRozan's on a, yeah. on a, I, I think they just like what he 
does for the young guys, what he means for the community. He's a face of the franchise. We know that Chicago is probably terrified of not having a face of the franchise. Keeping Lowry, getting Kyle Lowry might help them keep DeRozan around. Obviously, we know that Kyle Lowry and DeMar DeRozan are very close. They haven't played together uh, since 2019. So, yeah, since the 2018-2019, or I'm sorry, the 2017-2018 season. Um, So you could get him there. Caleb Martin kind of gives them a defensive identity. Nikola Jovic is a nice young forward, and obviously the first-round pick is important. I have that one, and then I have a very similar one. Miami gets Zach Levine and Javon Carter for salary filler. Chicago gets mm-hmm. Kyle Lowry, Duncan Robinson, and then two first-round picks, the 2028 first and the 2030 first. So basically the same kind of construction. Framework, yeah. You're not, yeah, you're not giving up Tyler Hero in either of those. I Yeah, that, that seems – I don't know that it meets whatever – whichever team they have, whatever needs they might have. So it probably works, right? It's the kind of trade that both teams are all unhappy about. Uh, so I guess they work in that sense. Like, you know, I mean, it's not, they're not critical of, of your framework there. It's just like, neither of them seem like Chicago wants a lot of draft collateral and, right. and Miami's not capable of really sending or nor willing to send. I don't think it does. I don't think Chicago says yes to either of these. Honestly, I don't, I don't think that the draft capital is immediate enough. Right, we're talking about 2028 and 2030. I don't know that the Bulls care about those years. I think the I mean Bulls they'd are have to like, be. We got to do something now. What is Arturas Karnasovas? Right? Would he have? Yeah. He'd have to be like really high in Nikola Jovic. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. I don't know that that's other, a possibility. The other one I have is Miami gets Zach Levine. This is one I kind of like, and this is the mm. I. So those first two ones, I'm not even proposing them if Miami. And if I'm Chicago and I did get these proposed, I'd say no very quickly. I okay. I don't think those are good trades, but that's basically what I can come up with in terms of trying to match salary and whatever. Right, right. This one, at least I would have a meeting about if I were the Heat. I can't speak for the Bulls. Miami gets Zach Levine, Alex Caruso, and Ayo Desunmu. Ooh. Chicago gets Kyle Lowry and Tyler Hero. We've already Ooh. established that Tyler Hero to Zach Levine is not enough of an upgrade in terms of when you consider salary and age. But if you zoom out and look at the backcourt in totality, is the backcourt of Kyle Lowry and Tyler Hero right now better or worse than the backcourt of Zach Levine, Alex Caruso, and then getting Desunmu, who's a nice young player, coming off the bench. I don't think I, I'm I kind of feel better about that backcourt, even in Miami's system, than I do the current backcourt of Kyle Lowry and Tyler Hero. I'm not sure I would go that far, but I think I would at least have a meeting about it where I'm like, okay, we can have Caruso, Jimmy Butler, Haywood Highsmith, and Bam Adebayo bracketing Zach Levine in that starting lineup. That still could be one of the best five defenses in the NBA, even with Zach Levine in the starting group. And then you get that score with Zach Levine, plus the scoring that Bam and Jimmy Butler bring to the table. Caruso is basically everything that the Heat want Kyle Lowry to be right now in terms of a, a, a an all-world defender and a, a knockout three-point shooter. I would at least have a meeting about it. How's Caruso's three-point splits this season? 44% this year. So on, again, small sample size. He's close to 38 to yeah. 40% for his career. He's a better three-point shooter than Kyle Lowry is at this point and a much better defender. He might be one of oh. these, he's one of the best five defenders in the NBA, regardless of position, probably. So it's Kyle and Tyler and yep. draft picks? Nope, no picks. Larry and Hero oh. for Levine, Caruso, and Desumu. And you know, if you're Chicago, you're getting the 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 cheaper, younger player in Hero. You're getting the expiring contract of Larry. You're getting a jail out of free card on Levine and Caruso's deal, even though the Caruso deal is not bad, but you're getting off that long-term salary. And then the the and then Desumu has a little bit of salary going forward. I don't see Chicago taking that deal. I think for Miami, 
I think you could pretty strongly consider it. Again, yeah. I, you'd have to be like a full buy-in from Levine. Caruso, we already know what he's going to bring to the table, but I, I do agree with you that that backcourt would be significantly better. And Desunmo, I mean, he showed flashes. I mean, he, he could probably turn into an all-star here given Miami's <laughs> development system. So, I mean, that, that would be a, a steal for Miami in many ways. And you're getting – I say the salary is problematic, but, you know, you're tying into a team that would probably be a top five defense over the next five seasons, and and you keep that championship window open for a little while. It longer would be an all in on the championship window right now, too, wouldn't it? I mean, yes. that, yeah. that's basically what it would be. Even though you're sacrificing heroes' long term output for Levine in that contract and all the the but Caruso and in, in, in a playoff series against Drew Holiday He's or the Dave Lillard, like, Pat, La- Pat Riley talks about sword and shields all the time. He's a sword and shield kind of guy, isn't he? Like, it, yeah. it's, so I love the Caruso idea here. I want to sure. explore this a little bit more. I've got one more trade package. I don't for the I don't love any of these packages. I would still probably say no if I were Miami on all of these. You know, I think you and I are aligned on this. We're out on Zach Levine in terms of a fit here for the Heat. Yeah. Caruso is a different story. Could the Heat actually get Caruso? without getting Levine in a bigger Levine deal. We'll talk about that next here on Lockdown. Today's episode is brought to you by Ibotta. Turkey's great, but we all know the best part of Thanksgiving dinner is the sides. And with Ibotta, you can make sure that you get the whole family, their favorite sides and the turkey, all while getting yourself cash back. That's right. Starting November 1st and for the fourth year in a row, Ibotta is giving 100% cash back on your Thanksgiving feast, you just add the offers in the app to redeem for everything you need to make your Thanksgiving feast complete. All you have to do is shop at your favorite retailers. You're doing that anyway, and just upload the receipt. It takes seconds. My wife's been doing it for a while. You get money back. Who doesn't love that? Download the Ibotta app now and use the code LOCKED. That's L-O-C-K-E-D, and you get 100% cash back on your Thanksgiving dinner starting November 1st. Just go to the App Store or Google Play and download the free Ibotta app and use the code L-O-C-K-E-D. That's locked. That's Ibotta, I-B-O-T-T-A, in the Google Play or App Store. and Use the code LOCKED. Thanks again for making Lockdown Heat your first listen every day. Every day, or make sure you tune in after Thursday night's game against the Brooklyn Nets for our takeaways from the game, and hopefully handing out some credit cookies. Make sure you're subscribed on YouTube and on your favorite podcast app. I got one more trade for you. Before we get to some stats and your hot take on Home Alone as a Christmas movie. Uh, but the last one here. You knew you knew I had to come to the table, David, with something way more complicated than we needed to. Of course. I got a three-teamer here. Oh, boy. That nets the Heat Alex Caruso without having to take on Zach Levine. I kind of like this trade for everybody. All right. Miami gets Alex Caruso and Gary Trent Jr., who's on an expiring contract with Toronto right now. Oh, my. Chicago gets Kyle Lowry and OG Ananobi. And Toronto gets Zach Levine and a future protected pick from Miami. And that's the deal. And I think everybody gets better in this trade. And I kind of love it. If you're the Heat, you get Gary Trent's expiring contract. He can be a scorer off the bench for you. Alex Crusoe is your new starting point guard long term. Chicago gets Kyle Lowry and OG Ananobi to basically switch everything from an offensive leaning team to a defensive leaning team. And then Toronto gets Zach Levine, who I think is, when you're talking about fits, Scotty Barnes and Zach Levine, to me, actually intuitively makes a lot of sense in terms of a two-man game fit. He's somebody that could space the floor for an offense that can't shoot or score basically at all. 
kind of like it for both teams. Well, all three teams, I should say. Yeah, uh, I guess the uh, Rosen and OG have a uh, history too. Um, you could put OG at the three, mm-hmm. right? And I think you know Patrick Williams, who they'd like to keep there, although the salary demands might exceed what Chicago is looking to pay. That's your your front court. Or, I'm sorry, yeah, front court of your future there. Like, it could work. It could work. But I like the idea of the Heat getting involved in a bigger deal that nets them Caruso. So when we're talking realistically about what it what Zach Levine on the move could mean for Miami, if I'm the Heat, I'm like, okay, Levine, we will help facilitate wherever it is that you want to send him. You're not sending him here. But if we right. can get into a bigger deal where we're able to get Alex Caruso, Alex Caruso is going to get them a first-round pick. They're going to get a first-round pick for Alex Caruso. And if I'm Miami... I would strongly consider trading a first round pick if it means getting Alex Caruso. The problem you is, for so? the, I I I would do it. I pro, I don't think that that Miami would do it. I really don't. But okay. I think this team, from what we've seen, and we're going to get to these stats here in a second. I think that the six game win streak is far more representative of what this team is versus how they yes. started this season. Yes, I think this team is good, and I think the Haywood Highsmith thing has transformed this team in a very meaningful way. And if you can get one more high end player. Alex Caruso is not a schlump, man. Like that guy has is, literally has a championship ring, has a ton of playoff uh, uh, experience. He's like I said, a sword and shield kind of guy, and he is everything that you want that you wanted Kyle Lowry to be. He is that right now, and will be that for several more years. I think it would be a home run. And if all the and I'm kind of, like I said, I'm sick of saving all these first round picks for the trade that's never going to happen. Just go get the guy. You you have the window right now. I think he makes a lot of sense. He's a good fit next to Tyler Hero in that backcourt when he comes back. I think mm. it makes a lot of sense. So um, if I'm Miami, I would start getting in on this. If there's a Chicago Bulls guard that I want, it's Alex Caruso. It's not Zach Levine. That's fair. I agree 100%. I think most fans do too. I, I just don't know if he necessarily fixes Miami's greatest area of need. And if you're going to sacrifice some of that draft capital, again, I, I don't know if the better trade – becomes available at some point so to i kind of agree with you that it's like why 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 save your powder for something that might never happen yep you kind of have to lean into it and see if you can maximize your opportunity this season and again yeah with all the different star guards in the eastern conference like the ability to have caruso and Mm. just stick that dog let him off the leash and let him go to work that certainly helps miami like I, i mean even just talking through it and like thinking about him going on Dame Lillard or Jason Tatum or Jamal Murray if you meet in yeah. the finals. Like, that's that's what Miami needed last year. The Heat have won six straight games, so I took a look under the hood to find some stats that can help explain what's going on. Hmm. And I found what, what I found is really encouraging uh, because I don't okay. think that this is a matter of luck. So I have four different stats for you, and I'm going to talk about the first one here. Uh, usually when we look at win streaks, the first thing I think a lot of people will look at is the, the make or miss league part of this is the other team just missing a bunch of threes and we're hitting a bunch of threes. And and sometimes that's just enough to explain a small sample size of wins, right? That is not the case of what's happening here. In fact, Miami's opponents are actually shooting better from deep. 39.4% over the six-game streak, which is like, that would be the best mark in the NBA. And the Heat are making just 35.4% of their threes, which is lower than their season average from distance. So... If you you can't write this off as just sort of a, a matter of shooting luck. In fact, it's the inverse. And the and the Heat, if they had something even a little bit closer to what these teams usually versus their opponents and them usually shoot, right. they probably right. have a lot more blowouts and their point differential is a lot better probably right now. So the shooting luck, I want to just get that out of the way. That is not why Miami is going on this streak. My next stat: 
that explains the six-game winning streak. Better shot selection. The Heat averaged a league low 10.5 makes in the restricted area in October. They also averaged 15 non-restricted area two-pointers. So those dumb floaters, free throw line, like a lot of free throw line jumpers, a lot of dribbling into mid-range, a lot of that stuff. They averaged 15 non-restricted area two-pointers per game and only 10.5 restricted area makes per game. Like I said, that's a backwards ratio. Yeah. That was in October. In six, go ahead. No, I just I think that part of it is the the loss of Tyler, who's you know kind of one of his strengths is the mid range game and not able to get to the rim as often. Hawkins and Highsmith, and Jimmy, like taking the leap that he has over the last few games. I think he's getting to the rim more often too. So that kind of makes a lot of sense that the statistics back it up. They basically flipped it over the last six games. The Heat are averaging seventeen makes in the restricted area and twelve non restricted area two pointers. I think a little bit of his Tyler Hero. I, I Let's not forget that Tal Hero played in three of these games that the Heat won in a row. And so it wasn't like he was absent for these. And I think the biggest part when I was looking at this was Bam. Bam just getting into the restricted area a lot more and not settling for those free throw line jumpers. We've talked a lot about his evolution on this show. And that's been a huge part of it is not just taking what the defense is giving him and actually just bowling people out of the way and getting to the basket. And another big part of this is Jimmy Butler getting getting to the basket more and getting off of this slow start. So that's a big part of it, too. Um Turnovers. The Heat are forcing 18 turnovers per game during the stretch and scoring 22 points off of those turnovers. Both marks are among the best in the league. Uh, most of those turnovers are steals. 9.7 steals per game over this six-game win streak. We could talk about Haywood Highsmith, right? Yeah. He's averaging one and a half steals in this time. Jimmy Butler and Bam are both averaging 1.8. And Tyler Hero averaging a team-high two steals per game during the six-game win streak. Of course, he's been hurt for three of these games, but... All these guys are, are contributing to the steals, and on Jaime Hakas is at like 1.3 or something like that. Yeah. All these guys are contributing to getting those turnovers, and that's been a big part of uh, Miami's formula. And then the last part here, David, limiting shots on goal, basically. The Heat are allowing only 11.5 second chance points per game. They're not allowing a ton of second chance points. The turnovers are a big part because it ends a possession without a shot and then creates an easy possession for yourself if you're the Miami Heat. So you get these swing possessions that really flip things around in their favor. So I just wanted to bring this up and saying it's not shooting luck. That's not the reason why Miami's on the six game win streak. And if all these things line up, if they are able to execute these things well going forward, this is their formula. Get more shots on goal than your opponent between the free throw attempts and the turnovers that Miami is getting and the free and then taking care of the ball on their end, not fouling the way that they have not been fouling. They've been doing a good job of that not allowing those second chance points. Uh, and then, just creating better and better shots, working to get those better looks and not settling for those mid-range jumpers. That's the formula for Miami. I'm not going to say that they're gonna, they're going to win the rest of their games, but I, I all of this stuff is very encouraging and I think what we have here is a is a good basketball team. How concerned are you about the shooting? Allowing the shooting that they do. Like they they allow less three-pointers than average, but they're yes. fourth worst in the league in terms of three-point percentage. 38.6 combined over the you know the past uh, 11 games. I'm not that worried about it. I think they'll eventually like that that stuff evens out, right? I actually think like Miami's best basketball is still ahead of them because of that. Like other teams will go on shooting slumps against Miami at some point instead of shooting 36 to 39% every game which it feels like they are. And that has a big deal to do with their uh the fourth quarter issues that they've had, which are not been as big of a problem lately, but still been a problem. I mean, look at the teams below them though. I mean, Memphis is worst allowing 42%, San Antonio at 40%, and 
and Cleveland at 39%. So not much better than Miami. I, I don't know. It's, it's, um, I know part of it is by design and everything else. They've been better at guarding shots at the rim, which is always helpful too. But I, I just wish they would be able to kind of balance that out. If they could get a couple percentage points off of an opponent's well, three-point percentage and add it to their own, that would be ideal. When you watch these games, though, like I test stuff, do you feel like they're not closing out? Because I watch Cleveland and Memphis and San Antonio, and I'm like, oh, they're just not closing out. They're playing bad defense. When I watch the Heat, I don't get the feeling like they're playing bad defense. Obviously, they allow open ones here and there. Who doesn't? But right. I, I don't see it as a structural issue or that they're purposely giving up open threes. I think they're closing out and opponents are making a bunch of tough shots. I don't I don't think it's necessarily by design, but I think it's just by virtue of having the, the switch heavy defense that they do. Like uh, I, I think the fact that you know you're kind of going and on help defense and you're kind of moving around the perimeter a little bit, and that kind of leads the short corner. I want I mean specifically from the corner, it seems like teams have been hitting at a higher rate, and I don't have the numbers. I wish I'd thought of this before we started recording. But I, I feel like Miami's probably allowing like close to 47% from the corners this season, which is astronomical. Um, well, we'll see what happens here. Uh, but again, looking under the hood, I think we've seen a transformed Miami Heat team over these last six games and somebody that, and a team that's basically found the formula the way that they have to go about winning here, and they've done it early in the season. Um, all right. Let's get off the basketball court here. Um, oh, boy. Bam Adebayo tweeted on Wednesday, is Home Alone a Christmas movie? David, I think you should weigh in here. No, it is not. I, uh, I haven't seen Home Alone in a while, mostly because it's not a very good movie. But when it comes to Christmas movies, Christmas movies should be about Christmas, not just something tangential, not taking place in the middle of December. I saw a whole list to back up this argument. You know, There's a whole bunch of movies that take place in and around the Christmas holiday season they're not Christmas movies. Mean Girls, a Christmas movie? Absolutely not. Just because Die Hard? Die Hard is absolutely not a Christmas movie. I'm sorry. Like that's like saying Home Alone is a crime fiction, you know, just because they have the wet bandits trying to break into Kevin's house doesn't necessarily make them a crime movie. Okay. This isn't pulp fiction or anything like that. This is this is absolutely not a Christmas movie. Like there's Christmas decorations, but there's a million things going on, none of which really have anything to do with Christmas. It's Kevin's freedom. It's Kevin's parents being jerks and leaving him behind. It's the neighbor and whatever his sob story was, the wet band. It's everything else that ties into it. None of which is kind of related to Christmas. It's just kind of there. It's all mixed into this movie that has Christmas as a very, 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 very small part of it which is not what makes it a Christmas movie. It's not about the Christmas. So basically if it's not about a Christmas, if it's not about Christmas day, if it's not about Santa Claus, if it's not about a snowman, if it's not about a reindeer, you're saying it's not a Christmas movie. That's basically it. Yeah. I mean, even like are Christmas romance movies really about Christmas. Like, yeah, maybe at least the very least. I feel like the spirit of Christmas is in home alone. Like at the end when they're reunited and in family over everything and that kind of thing. Like that's, that's a Christmassy kind of message, isn't it? I disagree. The entire movie is soaked in Christmas. It's soaked in Christmas music, Christmas decorations. There's Christmas trees. There's toys. The whole reason the movie even takes place is because there's so many family members there in the house, which I think is very relatable when it terms of Christmas. Like yeah. for a lot of families, like they're just overwhelmed and underwater with all of their obligations. Could have been like any holiday. A very relatable Christmas movie. Could have been any holiday. Could have been any what, holiday. Was, what what holiday could it have been? It could have been St. Patrick's Day. You're leaving your kid at home because you're just under overwhelmed with family members visiting. St. Patrick's Day isn't a holiday. It's not a holiday. It's an opportunity to go drink. That's not the same thing. It's, like it's not a holiday. That's what Christmas I, is not, for me. I don't care. 
<laughs> Fair enough. Fair enough. I know that is for some, a lot of people. Exactly. So you have no idea what the Christmas spirit is all about. You're I feel like I did. Drunk. No, 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 no. You're too busy drinking. You can't. What really other appreciate. holiday are you going to get overwhelmed with family like that? Every. Hey, man, you're not Cuban. You don't know. Every holiday is getting overwhelmed by family. You got like 50 people all over. And I'm like, I don't even know. It's like a cousin comes out of the woodwork and then they bring their girlfriends and their wives and everybody else. It's like, and sometimes at the same time, girlfriends and wives. You never know. It's that's what makes that's the true holiday spirit, right? There. Got there, got there, I mean, uh, no uh, idea who the hell you're talking about and, share, and sharing a drink nonetheless. Um, I 87% of our audience disagrees with you. 87% of our audience says, yes, Home Alone is indeed a Christmas movie. <laughs> Uh, they also think like Sam Christmas Adebayo movie. thinks it is too. Just saying. Hot dogs aren't tacos. Thanks for no making Locked On Heat your first listen every day. Every day is tune in Thursday night for our post game reaction after the Brooklyn Nets game for our takeaways from the game and hopefully some credit cookies that we'll be handing out. Hit that subscribe button on YouTube and follow us on your favorite podcast app. 